0: is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to Grosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom podcast, If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. So grateful you're here. My name is Michelle Grosser. I am your host and your master coach. Thanks for being here with us today. Today, we're going to talk about three neuroscience-backed approaches for how to handle that really valuable space between stimulus and response, right? We want to talk about ways that we can respond when we're feeling triggered instead of just automatically reacting, usually in ways that we would prefer not to. Um, So we're going to get into that today. But before we do, I want to ask you, have you left the show a five-star rating yet and maybe even a short review? If not, would you please press pause, go take, I don't know, 20 seconds And just click the five-star rating. Um, It's really the best way you can thank me if you've gotten any value out of these episodes. If you're listening now, I would assume that you have found them to be valuable. So if you could please just scroll down, give the show a five-star rating, maybe even write a really short review, just one or two sentences. If you're feeling particularly generous today, I would just so appreciate it. I appreciate you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So for those of you who were part of the Summer of Self-Love Challenge, it was freaking epic. It was so awesome. And we just wrapped it up. Um, I'm already going to start planning a fall one uh, getting together with my team this week to start brainstorming how that will look because everyone was asking, can we do this again? Like We didn't want it to end and I felt the same way. So it was awesome. And Each day we did a, or I did a Facebook live, um, and someone asked a question during one of the Facebook lives in the Summer of Self Love Challenge. And she asked, she wanted coaching around how to incorporate breath work when she was feeling triggered. And it was just such a good question. And I think a lot of us have that same question like, okay, but when like everyone's driving me freaking crazy, (laughs) like, What am I supposed to do then, right? Like how do I incorporate breath work when I'm feeling triggered was her question. So today we're going to talk about what we can do when we're feeling triggered. And I'm going to give you three approaches that are backed in neuroscience um, for ways in which we can start rewiring our brain to learn to respond instead of reacting when we're feeling triggered. So before we get into those three approaches, um, let's talk a little bit about how our brain works. (laughs) Our brain is not elastic. It is plastic. I'm going to say that again. Your brain is not elastic. It's plastic. Okay, Michelle, what the heck do you mean by that? I mean that what happens when you stretch an elastic, right? It goes back to the shape or however it was before. So you can change its shape, but then the minute you let go of it, it returns. It's elastic, right? It goes back to its original shape. That's not true for our brain. Our brain is actually plastic. So that means that it is moldable, right? It can be, it can be molded. We can press it into different shapes and those shapes will hold. It's not like an elastic where, where it'll return to its previous shape. It is plastic so we can mold it into something new, right? That's the term neuroplasticity that we hear. And that new shape, that new pattern will stick. Now, if the communications between your neurons is strong, right, and if the communication between your neurons is close enough, physical proximity to another neuron, it will affect the strength of the communication between those two neurons. So you can either strengthen a connection through repetition. That's why when we do things over and over and they become habits and then they become patterns, that's why that neural pathway is so strong. It's so hard to break because the strength of the communication between those neurons is a super speedy highway guys. It's smooth sailing. Now we can strengthen the connection, right? Through repetition, both for, for good and bad, positive and negative traits, things that are serving us, things that are not serving us. But the opposite is also true. We can, we can weaken a connection. We can weaken a connection by not letting those neurons communicate. Now, Reacting immediately, bam, right after we're triggered, that automatic response, right? Someone says something and all of a sudden, it just like comes out of our mouth. We start yelling or talking or make a comment without us even like having any inkling of consciousness about what's going on. Those are practices that have been strengthened through repetition over time. Those are strong reactions. Those patterns are strong of the reactions, right? So if you have a strong pattern of reacting to something in a certain way, know that the minute I feel like I'm being criticized or micromanaged or I'm not being seen or, you know, whatever the trigger is, I know that my response is going to come quick and it's going to come hard and it's going to come fast and it's not going to be within my control. Those patterns run strong. But here is the good news. Here's why we do all of this work. And here's what we're gonna talk about for the next 20-something minutes. Those patterns can be undone, those connections can be changed, right? That is the whole process of we re- rewiring our brain. Now, being reactive, <laughs> having quick reactions is not a personality type, you guys. It's not, it's not like, oh, this is just how I am. I have a temper. It's not, that's not how it works. It is a pattern. It is learned. It is conditioned behavior that you repeatedly enforce. If you haven't taken it yet, click on the link below and take the personality patterns quiz. There's five different personality patterns. That is going to really help to bring awareness around a lot of these things that we think are a personality but actually aren't, just like if you're quick to react to triggers, right? That is a coping mechanism. These are defense strategies and they probably have their roots in a lot of different things, probably from childhood. It could be from some sort of trauma you experience. And I'm not just talking about big T, life-altering traumatic events. I'm talking about lowercase t, anything that happened in childhood that was too much, too soon, too fast for your nervous system. It could be a response that's learned from your caregivers or the people who were around you that you learned from when you were growing up. It could be that you react quickly as a result of being, I don't know, hypervigilant, right? You're always on alert. You're always looking out. You're always worrying because you are in survival mode. You are stuck living life in a stress response because of the things that you have experienced. Again, probably from childhood. The good news is that all of this can be changed. If you are someone who has quick responses, quick reactions when you are triggered and that's something that you're working on. I want to be here to encourage you. It can be changed. If you take the personality pattern quiz and you read all about your personality type and you're like, holy moly, I feel so seen, which is like all the emails I get from you guys after you take this quiz, you're like, what just happened? I feel like you're just like watching me my whole life. Yes. And everything about each personality type can be healed and can be changed. The thing is, we just need to be taught and then we need to put it into practice. We just need to be taught what to do, how to do it. And then we have to practice just like anything else, you guys. Responding instead of reacting when we're triggered is a skill just like anything else. So... If you're listening to this because this is something that you struggle with, it's just because this is a skill you have not yet honed. You can do it. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You're not a mess. You're not crazy. You're not like, there's not, all hope is not lost, right? You can learn this and put it into practice. And this is a skill that you can grow. So I want to talk about something else before we jump into the three approaches. The first is that. When you are doing, practicing intentionally anything new, what I like to do and what I like to coach my clients to do is guys, put the people around you, your loved ones, the people you live with, put them on notice of what's going on. Put them on notice of what's going on. This is just healthy communication. This is just good communication. So when I am working on something like, I don't know, I don't, okay, so something I'm working on now, we're gonna talk about in a second, is that I am trying not to look at my phone for the first hour of the day, right? I'm going to wake up and do other things with that time because my that's such a powerful time for our brain function, for our creativity, and I don't want it to go to waste looking at my phone and firing up my anxiety and you know starting to scroll social media or work or whatever else that we do. Um, so that's something for me that I'm trying to do. I told Jeff that I'm working on this, right? I I just was a, was showed up to him and was like, "Hey, this is something I'm working on, just so you kind of know what's going on. I'm gonna be putting my phone here, and I'm gonna be really conscious in the morning of not looking at it for the first hour, just so he's aware, right? I'm just being transparent, and I do that with other more vulnerable things too, like when I was really practicing starting to feel my emotions instead of just suppressing them all the time, which is what I had done for decades, it was really uncomfortable for me (laughs) and because it was new, right? It was so unfamiliar. So guess what I did? I was like, hey, and guys, is it going to feel cringy for you to do this? Maybe it felt super cringy for me, but it was worth it. I told him, I'm going to be practicing feeling my emotions, allowing myself to actually have emotions instead of burying them all the time. So the next time that something comes up that brings up an emotion in me, whether it makes me feel sad or angry or disappointed, I'm really going to be compassionate with myself and try to intentionally create space for me to feel those emotions instead of shoving them down and just going on with the day, which is how I've always done it. And I explained to him why that was important to me. I explained to him why that would impact my mental, emotional, and physical health. I explained to him how he would benefit from that, right? It would increase my window of tolerance. I would be able, I would just be more awesome to be around. I was already pretty awesome to be around, but I would be even more awesome (laughs) to be around, right? I was just honest with him. And you guys can do the same thing. If you are working on this journey toward responding instead instead of reacting, let your husband know, let your kids know like, hey, I realized that I tend to really react when I'm triggered. I am working on that. Um in the next, you know, few weeks, you might notice that when I notice myself getting triggered, I'm either going to, you know, do this or do that or go take a time out or whatever. So if you're noticing me doing these things, it just means that I'm practicing this. And the reason that this is important is because I don't want to yell at you or scream at you or lose my cool or snap or make a snide comment or roll my eyes or do any of these other things when I'm triggered. I really want to have the space between the trigger and how I respond so that I can be more respectful and be more loving or whatever it is. Right. And they're going to appreciate that. I promise they might think it's weird at first, but they're going to appreciate it. Right. Why would they not? So I would encourage you to communicate that. The time to do it is not, you know, mid-argument or mid-trigger. Do it ahead of time, right? Hey, this is something I'm gonna be really working on. This is what you might notice. This is how it's gonna benefit all of us. Can you just like help support me in that as I practice this and it starts to get easier for me? And you're gonna be surprised by how they respond, you guys. You can do this with your kids too. You can have like an age-appropriate conversation with your children about this, explaining it to them. That's beautiful coaching. That's beautiful teaching. I think that's super powerful. I've got a question for you. Do you sometimes feel like you're more sensitive than other people? Does the routine stress of life just feel overwhelming? Maybe sometimes you feel like you could just tap out or run and hide. Are you really creative? You got this great imagination. Or maybe you feel like you're disconnected from your body or like you're a misfit here on earth. You might have thought that's just how you are. All these things are just part of your personality, but they're actually coping mechanisms that you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially in this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit, then they became a pattern. Now, as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's interesting, right? There are five personality patterns. They're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what is blocking who you are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. All right, so let's get into it. Let's talk about um, three different neuroscience-backed ways, approaches in which you can help to increase that space between stimulus and response um, so that you can choose how you want to respond when you're starting to feel triggered rather than just snapping and just, um, just reacting, right? However it is that you find that you usually react. So the first is growing in your somatic awareness. We all, this is a lifelong journey, we all must grow in our somatic awareness. What does that mean, Michelle? That means that your body is always communicating with you, always communicating with you. And the ways in which it communicates are somatic cues. Your body is giving you cues through (laughs) the sensations that you feel in your body and it will tell you, when you're growing closer to becoming dysregulated. We talked about it in the last episode. We talked about how you can um, notice your, your states of regulation or your somatic cues as like a stoplight, right? So when you're green, you are regulated, business as usual. When you're starting to get yellow, some of those cues are kind of coming on. Hey, we're approaching dysregulation here. Your jaw is tensing up. Your hands are clenched. You're starting to get a headache. You notice you're tensing your shoulders, your stomach's starting to hurt, you're feeling that tight feeling in your chest or whatever your somatic cues are. But what happens is that we're so stinking busy and we're so freaking distracted as a people. I'm not talking about you personally, but as a people, as a society, as as moms, especially, right? That we are so out of touch with these somatic cues because we do not take the time to pay attention to them. So our jaw is tight, we have a headache, our back, our neck hurts, we have all these gut issues and they come up when we're starting to get activated and we're starting to get triggered and what do we do, right? There's this alarm going on in our amygdala, like warning, warning, warning and we're like, ah, but I gotta like fold the laundry or I gotta like pack the lunch boxes or I gotta like run to soccer and we don't (laughs) pay attention, Or worse, we go and we take you know, an Advil or a Tylenol and instead of listening to the message, our body's so desperately trying to communicate to us, what do we do? We kill the messenger. We kill the messenger. So I think the first step, if you want to get to a place where you are responding instead of reacting, is to grow in your somatic awareness. How does your body communicate to you that it's starting to become dysregulated? And then what are some tools that you have some regulation resources that you have in your back pocket to regulate your nervous system and get back to that green light, you know, learning brain regulated space. If you do not have regulation resources, um, you can DM me regulate or regulated, and I will send you a like a PDF that I have that has a bunch of different regulation resources. Um, It has upregulation and downregulation resources on it, depending on what you're needing in the moment. And that can be a really good resource for you. So that's number one. You really want to grow in your somatic awareness. What is my body telling me? How does it communicate to me when I'm becoming dysregulated so that I don't get to the point where I'm just like a pressure cooker ready to just blow, right? Where I see it coming and I can do something about it. And then the second strategy, the second neuroscience-backed approach is is something called the no-go method. And I love this. This isn't mine. Um, But it was created by Dr. Andrew Huberman. He's a neuroscientist. He's a professor at Stanford. And um, some of you might know him from his podcast called the Huberman Lab, I think. Yeah, called Huberman Lab. Um, And he teaches this 25 no-go method is what he calls it. So this is how you do it. First you have to notice when you have the urge to do something. You notice when you have the urge to do something. So yes, this applies to, you know, I'm triggered and I have the urge to scream at my kids or I'm triggered and I have the urge to make a snide comment at my husband or I'm triggered and I have the urge to avoid a conversation, right? It applies to all of those things, but it also applies to other things in our life too, like I was talking about previously, it could apply to something like picking up your phone first thing in the morning. That is something I am really working on and trying to become more intentional about. I'm waiting until I'm awake one hour before I allow myself to look at my phone. So first, I notice when I have the urge to do it, i.e., I wake up and what's my initial instinct? My initial reaction is to grab for my phone. And check my emails or check what's going on in my social media or check whatever. So the first thing is just to notice when you have the urge to do something. Now, when you notice that urge to do something, you're going to catch yourself, whatever it is the urge is, right? You're going to catch yourself wanting to yell, catch yourself wanting to snap, catch yourself wanting to grab your phone first thing in the morning, and you just say, no go. And then you choose differently. That's it. It's the process of rewiring your brain. That tiny little decision, right? Not to yell, not to snap, not to grab my phone. That tiny little second where I just check myself and decide not to do it. That, like, think of that as a bicep curl for your brain, right? You're training your neurons how to fire. So that's how you create a new neural pathway. And think about it if you do that, one or two times an hour, right, it adds up. It adds up. And you're getting in your 25, like, quote, unquote, reps a day. So that's the no-go method. All right. So that's number two. And then the third thing, the third neuroscience-based approach so that you can respond instead of react is I want you to choose your, alternate, your alternative response ahead of time. Choose what you want to do instead, what you want to replace that reaction with, Think of that, be intentional about it, and choose it ahead of time. Because the time to prep for being triggered is not when you're triggered, you guys. And I know you don't even me to tell you this. We know, right? When we're triggered, man, it's already it's already too late. We're out of our learning brain. We're in our survival mode. We're in a stress response. We're not thinking clearly. That is not the time to prep. So the time to prep for being triggered is ahead of time. If you know, I call them your glitches. If you know your glitches, the areas in which you get triggered more frequently than others, right? For me, for a long time, a glitch was bedtime with the girls. Like, I don't know why it would trigger me so badly. I would get so upset. I had such a short fuse. I, I, it, it wasn't good. I, I worked my way through that now, thankfully. Um, but for a long time, that was tough. I did. I, I dreaded Bedtime, I was so exhausted and it didn't take much to just set me off. Now, the time to prepare for that was not at bedtime. It was maybe the next morning at 10 a.m. when they were at school and I had time to think clearly and really think through what that quote unquote glitch in my life looked like and that time of day looked like and how I could prepare better for the next night. So you want to choose your alternate, your alternative response and prep yourself beforehand. It's so helpful, guys, in stopping you from, from whatever that unwanted behavior is, right? Whatever that reaction is. So, for example, if you're like me and you know that bedtime is usually a glitch in your day, i.e. it is a trigger for you, and you often find yourself, like, super triggered and reacting at bedtime, how can you preempt that, right? What, like, prophylactic measures can you put in place to preempt that. Maybe you, I don't know, maybe you like prep dinner and then you guys eat and then your husband and the kids clean up. And during that time while they're cleaning, you go on a walk by yourself or you go have some quiet time. Or maybe you notice um, that you're like way too fried for bath time tonight. So instead you choose to skip it, right? Kids can go another day without bathing. No one's going to die. Maybe you anticipate that I don't know, your kids are going to be super wired at 8pm like they have been the last few days and it's really been triggering you and driving you crazy. So maybe today, right, to prepare ahead of time, you go in their room and you like, I don't know, you pray over that space, you get some calming oils and some lavender or something, put it on in there. Maybe you start playing like really soft music, like calming music. Maybe you fix the lighting and make like cozy lighting in there. Or maybe you just decide you're going to release the control. Like maybe you just make a conscious choice that if they are going to go haywire at 8 p.m. tonight, you're going to like throw them all for a loop. (laughs) And, you know, instead of allowing it to really trigger you and upset you and you trying to tell them to calm down a billion times, instead you're going to like throw your hands up and just like throw everyone for a loop and you're going to do something super silly and wild and fun and you're going to join them in the crazy And you're just going to let them go for like 10 minutes. And then once everyone gets that out of their system, you'll be able to have your calm and read to them and put them to sleep. And that will change the whole landscape of the night. So whatever your glitches are in the day, wherever it is you find yourself being triggered ahead of time, what can you do to help prepare yourself for that trigger? Um, Because that preparation means that you're more likely not to react in that automatic manner because you've already put time and intention and awareness toward it. Now, one option um, that you can do in that moment between trigger and reaction, right, between stimulus and response to help signal to yourself that you are rewiring your brain and you are choosing a different action um, is a physiological sigh. So when you are stressed when you are experiencing sensory overload, when you snap at your partner or at your kids, um, it's likely whatever you do when you're being triggered is something that you've practiced quite often, right? It's just a pattern that you formed. So if you can get to a place where you can pause briefly, it's all it takes, a pause, right? No go a pause, awareness after being triggered and leave enough time between that trigger and your response, guys, over time, the connections weaken and the response is no longer automatic. So yes, in that space, you can include a breathing technique like the physiological sigh and that can really help to help interrupt the wiring of that pattern, help interrupt that behavior that you're wanting to discontinue and replace with something else. And guys, eventually, The trigger, it's like habit stacking, right? The trigger is actually going to remind you to take a breath, to take a physiological breath before your response. So what's a physiological sigh? It's really simple. It's two short inhales with one long exhale. So you notice you get triggered. Okay, I'm noticing, I have the awareness. I'm going to, in this tiny little space between trigger and response, I'm going to do a physiological sigh. Two short inhales, one long exhale. (gasps) Right? I don't know if you can catch that over the airwaves. (laughs) I'm going to listen back to it and see if that works. But two inhales, right? Breathe in. Breathe in again. Exhale, 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 exhale. A long exhale. And do that. 30 seconds, 45 seconds you'll notice a huge difference in that space. Now, this is what I'm going to leave you with today. Friends, this is a process. This is a process. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. If you have been running this pattern for decades, it can be really frustrating at first. I get that if you're not able to rewire your brain in one week, right? Be patient with yourself be patient with yourself. Here is the thing. When we are hard on ourselves, when we are critical of ourselves, when we are judgmental of ourselves, it actually prevents our ability to change. Brains change in safe spaces. I'm going to say that again. Your brain changes when it feels safe. So the more that you are allowing yourself compassion as you work to rewire your brain, the more that you give yourself space, the more that you are gentle with yourself and extend yourself, self-love and self-care and self-compassion and all these beautiful things we would tell our children or our best friend, instead of judging yourself, is going to be key to your growth here. So I just want to remind you, if you choose curiosity over judgment, When you do miss your cue and when you do allow your triggers to get the best of you and you find that you are reacting instead of responding, get curious about it, right? Instead of beating yourself up all about it, get curious about it. Wow, I totally missed that cue and I just lost it on my kids. Like what just happened there, right? What was I ignoring? What was going on around me? What was I being stimulated with that I could have done a better job or next time I'll do a better job turning down or turning off or getting myself away to have some space, right? How did I set myself up to not have success in this moment? Am I underslept? Am I underfed? Am I not expressing things that need to be expressed? Are there conversations I'm not having and I'm avoiding? Are there emotions that I'm continuing to suppress? All of those things are not going to set you up for your best responses, right? Are you getting sleep? Are you nourishing your body? Are you moving your body? Are you incorporating moments of stillness and moments of play? And if not, guys, listen, when we lose it on our kids, when we lose it on our people, you go and you repair if that is needed and if that is necessary. Um, And then you go back to the basics, right? Go back to your sleep. Go back to nourishing your body. Go back to stillness and being aware of how stimulated you are. Go back to all of the moving parts and go back to the basics and ensure that you are setting yourself up with the things that you can control to set yourself up for success, right? Ensuring that your own energy resources are replenished every day means what? It means that that edginess, that irritability, all of that stuff goes down And you're so much better equipped then to deal with the day's inevitable stressors because it happens, you guys, right? Life is going to keep on lifing. There's so much of it that is not within our control and it's going to keep coming at us. So, what we want to do is set ourselves up for success and increase our resilience so we can handle that life when it does come at us. All right, friends, believing this was helpful. I wish you all a great rest of the day and I will talk to you soon. Be well. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review, and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up, and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.